Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of Convincing Coffee Break with me, Mandy Brown, and Richard Snape. Well, hello. Today, Richard, I understand we're going to be talking about landlord certificates and the Building Safety Act 2022 again, but specifically the case of Willen Koterba, if I've pronounced that right, versus GNO Properties, which is a first tier tribunal case. And the plan today is to talk about some of the problems in relation to landlord certificates and the, the Building Safety Act. First of all, Richard, can you refresh our memories as to when landlord certificates are required? Yeah, well, there are these things that were introduced in July the 21st, uh, 2022, three over three weeks after the legislation and all come into force. And you know, February the 14th is a relevant date when you need to decide everything in relation to the service charge leasehold protections, the service charge caps, which is a bit ludicrous. But a part of the Building Safety Leasehold Protections England regulations, it's probably worth stressing that we're still waiting for the Welsh government to decide on the height of buildings if they bring in the height of buildings provisions themselves at any stage. The latest, Mark Drakeford's been saying that they haven't got the same problems with uh, residential flats as in Wales as in England. He's obviously never looked out of the window at the Welsh Assembly building and seen what Cardiff's like nowadays. But that's an aside. Yeah, basically the landlord has to provide a landlord certificate. Firstly, when they demand a payment for safety works, which they're going to add the cost of service charge within four weeks. Secondly, sorry, within four weeks of uh, a notification that a leasehold is going to sell. When within thirdly four weeks uh, of the leasehold requesting a landlord certificate, and then if they fourthly, if they have to. Uh, if they find out additional works that were not covered in the original certificate, they want to collect their service charges which are not covered in the original certificate, they have to provide a landlord certificate then as well. And since August the 5th, when the leaseholder protections, etc., um, England amendment regulations came in this year, if they receive a new leaseholder deed certificate from the leaseholders, they have to provide a, with different information than the original one, they have to provide a landlord certificate. And if they don't provide such a certificate, then they are basically treated as meeting something called the contribution condition, which is deemed to you you and your associates on February the 14th, 2022, have a net worth of more than £2 million per affected building, in which case you can't charge for safety work. And that's some of the background. It's also the case that um, since August the 5th this year, the landlords uh, have to pass the things on to any nominated manager who's responsible for repairs and maintenance and any residence management company and right to manage company. If they don't, within a week, they've lost the ability to charge. And that's the background. But um, shall I tell you what the problems in the case are? Yeah, tell us what the case was about, please. It's a case from October of, uh, of 2022, actually. I'd actually come across it early this year. Somebody was asking me about a problem that she had in relation to a high value, high rise leasehold flat, but it was featured in LexisNexis uh, a few days ago. So I thought it was a good time perhaps to illustrate you know, some of the problems. It's only a first tier tribunal case, this Will and Caterba and GNO. So it's not a precedent, but I can see a certain logic to it. It's also, you'll see it down as by the name of the address of the, the premises, flat 16 Grove House, 76 Sidmouth Avenue. Isleworth in London, uh, which sounds like it should be in some 1970s sitcom. It was a new build block of flats, five-story block of flats in 2017. So five stories, it comes within the leaseholder protections. It's a relevant building. And uh, in 2021, in May of 2021, they had a EWS1 certificate, external wall fire review. 
which uh, required remediation works on the premises. Will and Caterba made several requests in July, August and September of 2022, the landlord certificates. Landlord supposed to respond within four weeks, the landlord didn't respond at all. Um, I've seen quite a lot of issues with that because, you know, if you meet the contribution condition or if you're associated with the, with the developer, in this particular case, the developer had gone into liquidation, they weren't there to be sued, then is there any real sanction for not sort of complying with the provisions? Will and Caterba, Ms. Will and Mr. Caterba were keen, very keen, because uh, to get a landlord certificate because if they don't get one, they're going to have a difficulty selling their flat. And also... Um, Purchasers are going to have great difficulties getting a mortgage because it says in 5.14.17 of the lender's handbook, you've got to provide copies of the landlord's certificate if it's a relevant building. So they went off to the tribunal arguing that uh, the tribunal can force the landlord to give them a landlord certificate. And the tribunal said that in the regulations, the least order protection England regs, then... Uh, you can, the tribunal can make a ruling and a declaration if the landlord's certificates made sort of false claims and the likes, and also if the leaseholder is not being given adequate time to comply with their requirements. It doesn't say that you can have any jurisdiction in the tribunal to, to actually require a landlord to give a landlord's certificate. I say the sanction is basically that you can't charge for service charge for safety work, but if you meet that contribution condition, the £2 million plus net worth in February 2022, or if you're associated with the, the developer, then there doesn't seem to be any sanction whatsoever. The, the bottom of the landlord certificates basically have got, a, or towards the bottom, they've got a statement that if you, well, basically you might be, if you give false information or lack of information, you might uh, be committing a criminal offence under sections two to three of the Fraud Act of 2006, but uh, that's highly unlikely that you're going to be able to show it was a deliberate attempt to cause gain or make loss for somebody. So it seems that uh, for large numbers of landlords, there's no real sanction. Interesting. So are there any other issues in relation to landlord certificates? Yeah, I mean, one thing perhaps for the better is that... um, since August the 5th, when the amendment regs came in in England, if you do meet that contribution condition and likes, then you still have to provide a landlord certificate, but you don't have to provide all the relevant information. I've come across situations before the amendments where landlords together with their associates all over the world, there's literally, you know, we're talking about a thousand companies that are associated with one another. There are, before all the changes, a thousand sets of uh, sort of accounts and the likes certified accounts which is ludicrous at least that's gone i have come across several people asking me supposing the leaseholders asked for a landlord certificate or the landlord became aware that there was a sale in the offing and the landlords claim that they've sent the landlord certificate within the four-week time period but uh, how do you prove you know it's actually being served if you like if they it might have gone lost in the post and like for at least all the deeds of certificate there's provisions which basically say how the landlord should contact the leaseholder and the likes either by leaving something at the last known address or on registered post they forgot about landlord certificates and how you actually prove that the landlords uh actually sent a landlord certificate you might look at the notice provisions in the lease and the service provisions but uh, that seems to be yet another mistake in this disastrous legislation they need to start again mandy they need to just start all over again then we can do a load of news flashes and coffee breaks on the new version 
So is that your uh, your famous quote from the Sunday Times now? I wasn't going to mention the Sunday Times from what day was last Sunday. I don't know what day was 15th, 8th, the 8th of uh, October, when I was quoted in the Sunday Times in an article about the Building Safety Act. But I wasn't going to mention that. I haven't even got a copy because by the time I managed to get to the news agents at nine o'clock it had been completely sold out well i think that's your knighthood out the window richard yes well who knows who knows thank you very much for another fascinating talk and until next time thanks you have been listening to another episode of convincing coffee break the only podcast for busy convincing professionals brought to you by Lawshore Insurance Brokers, an award-winning UK provider of title insurance. For more information on our free conferences, go to www.lawshoreinsurance.co.uk where you can download recent conference recordings.